Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys today. We are live, depending on how you're watching, listening, downloading this show, exactly seven days till our kickoff against the Steelers. That's right. Next week, the 49ers will be playing the Steelers at a 10 a.m. kickoff if you're here on the, the West Coast. Uh, if you're traveling out to the game with us, it's a 1 p.m. kickoff Eastern time zone. We got seven days. Uh, that is beautiful. This is the last scheduled Sunday without NFL football till February. We're going to be here for a minute now. And the season brings with it so many wonderful things. But what I wanted to do this show is highlight all of the things that we should be excited about. Um, obviously, uh, there's a lot of stuff that you could be cranky about and whatever else. Those things are available out there to you. That's not what I want this to be. That's not what I want this to be today. Th this hour, I want to kind of protect our fandom and get excited. Because why do we do this? Why do we do this if we don't love it? Why do we do this if we don't love this team? And there's so many great things to be positive about. There's so much stuff out there that we should be tickled to death about that we get to see in one week. I got to give a shout-out to the man, Clayton the Mad Scientist. He is back today. Uh, he is running things from behind the, the, the screen, which is awesome. That puts a smile on my face. I love that dude. Um, now, so the first question that I got to get out there to you which player are you most excited to see week one for the 49ers? And I understand everybody's going to say like Nick Bosa and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I get that. I get that. Oh, what's up, Monk? Uh, he says 49er Empire stand up. I absolutely love 49ers Empire. And we get a party with them uh, this upcoming week in Pittsburgh, which I'm super, super pumped about. Um, I'm going to be sharing a lot of their events i know that they've got some stuff going on friday night they're going to partner with us saturday night we're doing some fun stuff with the tailgate sunday going to be a lot of options out there if you're going to pittsburgh to link up with the faithful and i strongly encourage you um go out and kind of sample uh, see all the different things that are going on meet new people talk to new people and just because this is the 49ers fan base is a cut above you know, and here's where it gets really interesting to me and why I was so excited about Pittsburgh. I think that the number one fan base that we get compared to whenever we go on these road trips and we take over these cities and everybody always says the same thing. Wow, you guys really travel. Like, we always get opposing fans in here. This is different. And then usually it's one of these comments. You guys and the Steelers. 
Those are the two. So I love this week one matchup. I really, really do because I, I really do respect the Steelers. Uh, Mike Tomlin's my favorite head coach in the NFL. Shady heads right behind him. So, you know, another thing to be excited about is week one NFL football, a lot of times is kind of crappy. A lot of mistakes, a lot of whatever else. That's not going to be the case this week. This is going to be a defensive fundamental football game with two young quarterbacks, which usually is is kind of, you know, goes completely against that previous statement. Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, both young, second-year quarterbacks. Brock Purdy was 100 times better than Kenny Pickett, but they're excited about their young quarterback. We're excited about our young quarterback. Both have elite defenses. The Niners have the better defense. I'm pretty damn excited about this matchup. The fan base, the teams, the coaches, it's just got it just checks boxes um up and down the list. Uh really really excited about that. Um so yeah, I, I want to keep seeing all of these things. Which player are you most excited to see week 1? That that's the thing I want to talk about. And you know, this has been one of my offseasons. I'm going to go first because I'm selfish. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get going through some of your comments. I want to see Talano Hufunga. You know, somebody asked me about a month ago, which jersey are you going to wear to the game? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I was going through it. But then I was like, oh, time out. No, this is simple. I'm wearing Talano Hufunga. Why? Several reasons. There we go. Joe Blow Joe says, what's up? The Palomalo Hufunga. Yeah. The guy he's been training with, Troy Palomalu, this is his team, the Steelers. You know, we know who Fungo was an all-pro safety last year. Guess who the other all-pro safety was? Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. So you've got the all-pro versus the all-pro. There's only two all-pro safeties. They're both playing against each other week one. They're not on the field at the same time. But, yeah, that that's done for me. Like, I was just like, oh, I can clearly see this is the way that it should be. And so on top of just Hufunga, Palomalu, Fitzpatrick, the Steve Wilkes signing, whenever they brought him in as the new defensive coordinator, I, I've been screaming from the mountaintops that the person that I think that this helps the most is Talano Hufunga. At training camps, you know, I was there every day. I kept saying this. The two best players on the defensive side of the field, Talano Hufunga and Fred Warner. And I keep them in that order. That's how good of a camp Talano Hufunga had. Him and Fred Warner were on the same level, which is incredible. So very, very excited about that. So Talano is my guy. I'm a defensive guy. I can't help it. Um, we're getting a lot of Brock Purdy things, which let's be honest. Thank you, David. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. I saw Sin earlier saying Purdy. We weren't supposed to have our quarterback week one. Weren't supposed to. Whenever he had his his surgery and they released the schedule, he was supposed to be cleared for the first time the last week of August. This dude has been practicing since day two of training camp. Day two. He missed one day, and it was a rest day. So you cannot put enough stock on this that the fact that Brock Purdy is out there playing week one Huge man, ah, it, it's just it's it's huge. And again, I hold my right hand up. I was wrong the whole time. I did not think that he would be back and ready to go. Um, by this time, I didn't want to rush him back. My whole thing was I want to protect this guy long term. But good lord, he's a twenty-three year old Wolverine. 
He just healed himself. He's got that animantium in him or whatever. But I freaking love it. So you can focus on all the negatives. And there's negatives out there to be focused on. And we have highlighted some of those in our past. But we're seven days from kickoff. Let's focus on the damn positives. How are you not pumped about Brock Purdy being the quarterback back healthy and practicing for over a month straight heading into week one? The dude led three preseason game drives. One of them was a field goal, should have been a touchdown. Uh, TDP missed a block, he got sacked, whatever else. The other one was a touchdown. And the third one was a fumble in the one-inch line by Jordan Mason. Like, three drives should have been three scores. That's exciting. Now you look at Kenny Pickett, he led four drives, four, t- four touchdowns in his preseason. So you're talking about two young quarterbacks excited to play against each other in great defenses, want to prove who they are. Ah, the, the, the lines are there. You know what I mean? Like the script lines. Like I love all those jokes about like how the NFL is scripted. Ah, I, those, those crack me up. I don't think that it is. But the script for this game week one? Good Lord. The the only thing that downplays it is that it's not a conference game and it's not a division game. That's it. Outside of that, coaching staffs, young quarterbacks, great defenses, historic franchises in the NFL. You're talking gold chip premium NFL teams that are run competently going against each other. And I know somebody's like, ah, Bosa, 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 Bosa in the back of their head. And you're right. Legit criticism, but if you look at the big picture, all right, you take a few of these incorrect decisions or bad first-round picks out of the picture, the Steelers and the 49ers, I would argue, have been the two most paramount programs that have been run correctly for the longest time. I don't think anybody else belongs. Yeah, the Patriots had their run with Tom Brady. The Cowboys have had a couple blips here and there, but, I mean, come on, man. They can't even get past the divisional rounds. These are two paramount teams. This is a blue chip versus a blue chip, baby. And and that's awesome. Like, we get this week one. We don't have to wait. We're not playing the Cardinals. We're not playing, you know what I mean? This is for real football. This is big boy football. Ah, I'm excited about that, man. I'm excited. I saw some IU comments for people that are excited. And, you know, this leads me into my next bullet point. That I have. What's up, Josh? He says 40 hours faithful. Eric, he says Ayuk as well. Going into a contract year. I love buying into players on their contract year. Yeah, Ayuk's been paid and he's getting paid fairly well. I think he's making eight million this year. But if he has another good year, broke a thousand yards for the first time last year. If he has another thousand plus yards, like you're talking generational wealth for this guy. How are you not rooting on that? Like, this is great. And so I love it. The 49ers, they have the best skill position group in the NFL, and it's not close. It is not close. You know, I listened to several different NFL podcasts through the offseason, and and kind of the go-to is, all right, when the news stops, let's go to rankings, right? Let's go to best defense, best coaching staff, best quarterback, best whatever. In there, the NFL athletic show and around the NFL, they both did rank skill positions. Every single ranker on the athletic and every single ranker on the, the around the NFL show all had the Niners won. Like it's not up for debate. Now, again, skill position, you're taking the quarterback out of that. But when you say CMC, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, 
what the hell, man? And if you want to go on further and talk about Elijah Mitchell, you want to talk about Jawan Jennings, it doesn't matter. It only gets better. Ronnie Bell, I see you, Eddie. Uh, yeah, you put those in there, and it's just like, good Lord. This team, the skill position guys, home run, home run, home run, home run, home run. Whether you drafted them or you traded for them. Mm. Uh, Tommy, what's up, Tommy? There he is. He's going to show up. Negative Tommy. Ayuk won't be extended. I think he will be. I do not think that you're looking at a team that has struggled with first-round picks. That was a first-round hit. That was a hit. Why would you not bring him back? I don't think that he's going to break the bank. And if you do extend him next year, which I think they will, um, you can offset the cap hits of Debo and him very easily so that you're not absorbing all of that cap hits on the wide receiver position alone. Um, and yeah, he's going to be expensive, but I don't think he's going to be top tier expensive. Uh, but a lot of that depends on the year he has. If he goes out there and the Niners win a Super Bowl, yeah, that's going to jack it up. And I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Um, that's best case. That's best. That's best case. So I do think that Ayuk will stick around and will stick with this whole, look, we're extending one dude a year. And as long as you keep doing that, it just steps up. And this is a problem of drafting and developing so well. Brandon Ayuk was a giant home run. You've got guys like Jalen Rager, who was picked before him. He's, he just got cut from his second team. And so, yeah, you could talk about how this front office and Kyle Shanahan have struggled in the first round, and there's a lot that you can use to back that up. I'm going to say, you know, there's about a 30% hit rate in the first round, and the Niners have been exactly at that hit rate. Now, if you throw in all the picks for Trey Lance, then that's going to bring you back down. But the 49ers have kind of been... Even just in the first round, Bosa was a home run. You could say, yeah, but that one was obvious. Not to everybody. I remember people talking about Quinnen Williams, Josh Allen. Like, and I'm I'm I was screaming, like, no, you take Bosa. This is simple. But a lot of prominent, you know, content creators and beat writers were saying Quinnen Williams might be the pick. Sure. Uh, McGlinchey, I don't think that that was a hit or a miss. That was just, you know, middle of the fairway. He got a huge second contract, so he's lived up to that. Ayuk, that's a hit. You got him later in the first. You traded up for him. He's hit. Why would they move away from that? You look at Kyle Shanahan and, and wide receivers and developing them. I just don't understand that. But to be fair, I don't understand Nick Bosa not being in camp either. Yet here we are. So it's not like they do everything that I agree with or disagree with. Bosa will be here eventually. And the contract, it sucks. I hate that it's the way that it is. Um but it's what it is. Yeah, uh, 49ers Faithful Forever says draft equals a gamble. And look what you turned Ayuk into. Look at the journey that Ayuk has gone through. Came in week one, rookie year, COVID, terrible, all those things, balled out. But comes in second year thinking he's the guy, not blocking, not going all out, gets put in the doghouse, all that stuff. Fights his way back into the starting lineup. Has a decent year, but still not where he should be. Following year, you sick your dog on him, Fred Warner, turns him into freaking Frankenstein, and now you're going to have two straight years of Ayuk just being a freaking beast. You know, I said earlier, the best players on the defensive side of the ball were easy. It was Talano Hufunga and Fred Warner in that order. On the offensive side of the ball in training camp, it was Brandon Ayuk and CMC. And Josh, thank you. Ayuk is a pillar of this team. 
uh, must keep. I think it's going to work. Uh, I, I really, really do. And we'll see. There's going to be some tough financial decisions coming down the thing. I don't think Ayuk's one of them. That's just me. Um, Eric says, being in the doghouse turned him into a dog. Him and Fred Warner. He punched Fred Warner in the face. Do you understand how big Fred Warner is? Like, that. that's crazy. But you've brought this dude on this process and you've created a monster. Ugh. Yeah, hey, this is a guy, number 11, I could get behind. And you know, whenever we go on these trips and the, the amount of signed jerseys and memorabilia I have, there were a few times where I had, you know, signed Debo and a signed John Taylor and a signed Ayuk. Like, I like to do themes. And so, like, I'll have three autographed jerseys and everybody gets like a free giveaway ticket and you pick which one you want to try to win. There was one time where it was Debo, Ayuk, and John Taylor. And the most tickets were in Brandon Ayuk. Now, this isn't, you know, I guess it is a scientific study. You could say that. Uh, my AP stats teacher would be proud of me right now. But sorry, Miss Bose. Uh, I did pass the test, but I didn't study for it. Um, but but the idea is this. Like, he's a fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. He's a Kyle favorite. And so I just don't think they're going to walk away from that. I, I That's just my assumption. And let's say you do, okay? Let's play devil's advocate and say next year, you know what, man? We just can't afford it. We're going to let him go. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Why? Like, what? we saw the same thing with Depot. I, I just don't understand it. And to be fair, you still have him under contract next year. So you get that at least. I do like that. I do like that. Now, uh, Randy says, Ayuk and Debo complement each other so well, just like Rice and Taylor. Yeah, and the contracts. They waterfall at different times. That is what is so huge. When the Niners do a contract, they kind of offset it by two years. And so you get two cheap cap years, then you get the two big cap hits, and then it kind of tailors down. So Debo's big cap hit's going to come in next year and the following year. Whenever you extend Ayuk, you're going to get those two cheap years, which will be mirrored by Debo's huge years. And then when Debo's contract kind of falls off, Ayuk's will step up. So it, it, it kind of works. It's like a crop rotation, Prague Marante, um, cap hit special. It's going to work. It's got, And so I, I just think that it's going to fit. That's just me personally. It could be wrong. Um, I've been wrong before, but that's okay. Now, if you are coming out this week um, to Pittsburgh, which I am so pumped about, we've got a couple big-time announcements, which I'm very excited about. We're throwing a party Saturday, um, the, the day before the game, in Pittsburgh at McFadden's. Now, here's the great news, which I'm super pumped about. We have worked alongside of the 49ers, and so they're doing their official 49ers invasion at the exact same location at us. And we work together, and we're like, look, we don't want to pull. We don't want everybody to get together and party and then jump in a bunch of cars and drive across town and go to this other place. Why don't we just do it the same spot? And so that's what's happened. So the Niners official invasion party is going to be at the same place that we booked, which is awesome. We did that by design. So our party, because their invasion party is from 10 to 2, um, they always take kind of that lunch section. And we always have later parties because I don't want to 
put fans in conflict. That's not my jam. I'm about building the community. And a lot of times I'll go say hi to Nick Clark and Amber and all the amazing people at the 49ers that throw those parties. So when their party ends at two, that's when we take over. So our party just got extended. So we're going to be at the McFadden's um, from two to 9 p.m. Now there's MMA, there's a pit game, there's all kinds of college football games going on during there. But what we're going to do for our party this uh, this Saturday, we're going to have a record-breaking number of giveaways because we're sp- we're extending it a long time. So for the people that already bought their tickets, you can come a lot earlier. We'll have all that set up. I'm very, very excited about that. And then, of course, the tailgate. Uh, which is going to be huge, man. That is going to be a blast. So we're going to be there from 9.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, for three-plus hours, and uh, it's just going to be awesome. We're going to walk to the stadium together. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be incredible. So and if you've never been to one of our parties, oh, my gosh, a uh, little bit in st- of what's in store if you do come out. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer? Or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, baby. Let's get back to some more uh, comments and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Because, again, here's the theme. Things to be excited about. And here's the deal. You know, I want to see the new toy. You know what I mean? Like Javon Hargrave people, how easily they forget. This was the number one free agency signing. My man, Tim Ford. What's up, brother? He says, I am most excited to see Hargrave. I am as well. And you know, the, the, the Bosa, the defensive line or whatever else. And we'll figure that out. Once that gets figured out. But Javon Hargrave, guess who drafted? Javon Hargrave. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guess who did not give Hargrave 
the second contract. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guess who gets to go back home and show his former team how important he is? Yeah, Javon Hargrave. This is so paramount. And if you look at who Hargrave has been, I, I want to pull up his stuff, man. I, I should have had this up already. I apologize about this. This guy has played for the Steelers, the Eagles, and the 49ers now. These are three of the biggest, most physically imposing defenses across the NFL for the past seven years. And so his first four years with Pittsburgh was incredible. The dude missed one game his rookie year. That's it. <laughs> I mean, he's an iron man. Uh, three years with Philadelphia, guess what? He missed one game his first year with Philly. And so if he sticks with this theme, we'll see. But this is somebody who has only gotten better. Finished last year with 11 sacks. Absolutely incredible. He had 10 tackles for loss, 16 quarterback hits. Whew. I'm pumped about seeing Javon Hargrave out there. And to be honest with you, I want to see Hargrave next to Armstead. Because all through training camp, it's fun, and you can see him like knifing through and causing problems, but you can't get close to the quarterback. You're not allowed to tackle. You can't be too violent. Like Everything is kind of tailored to the offensive side in you know training camp. That's just the way it goes. Because, yeah, you're trying to keep everybody safe from injuries and blah, 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 and all those things. And so it's what it is. But, but... Here's what I'm excited about. He finally gets to uncork all of his violence and hatred, and he gets to do it against his former team, guys. Ugh. I am so pumped. I am so excited about seeing this guy. Oh, what's up, Jack? Appreciate the super chat, man. He says, and I just retweeted this over on Twitter. He says, I'm excited to bring back the Juice Touchdown Tractor in T-minus seven days. There are a lot of things that I think the Niners fan base gets judged harshly for and probably appropriately, or I'll be honest. But there's also a lot of things that makes this community pretty damn awesome. How many fan bases chart freaking fullbacks touchdowns? That's incredible. You know, I started this show talking about how you've got these two blue chip flag, you know, these paramount programs coming at it week one with the Steelers and Niners. Gosh, teams that value the fullback. This is a beautiful thing. Kyle Juszczyk, what's his career going to look like? He, he's getting long in the tooth. He's got more years under his contract. 49ers could walk away next year. He could walk away next year. I hope that doesn't happen. I want to see Kyle Juszczyk just be an absolute monster. Ah, I talked about skill position group, right? I didn't even mention Kyle Juszczyk. That's the most, you know, offensive weapon. That's what they call him, the most versatile. And, you know, I was going through some stats on next gen. And here's what was crazy to me. You know, I, I get a lot of messages about CMC should be a slot wide receiver, put Elijah Mitchell back there, which one, this is the healthiest the 49ers backfield has been in years. You know, cross the fingers. Hopefully it lasts. Elijah Mitchell's back practicing, whatever else. All those different things. Long story to get to where I want to go with this. 
CMC as a receiver is incredible. And I said whenever he drafted, I wrote in my thing, if he was just a wide receiver, he'd be a second-round pick. Um, as a slot wide receiver, he's that damn good. Maybe should have been higher. But I found this little nugget on next-gen stats. And I'm not selling this well and building up whatever. The, the running back in the NFL that was split out the most, had the most snaps split out wide, not slot, not, you know, just off the, the tight end as kind of that, you know, whatever wing guy. No, 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 no. Split out wide. The most was Kyle Hughes checking the NFL last year. He was the running back that was split out the most in the entire NFL was our damn fullback. Now, that is huge for a couple reasons. One, I think it's most important because Kyle Shanahan can offset matchups where, look, if you're going to put him in man and you're going to put a linebacker on him, we're going to take your linebacker outside the numbers. Now you're lighting the box and we can run. But also, Kyle Juszczyk can just run some damn routes. That dude can run comeback routes as a fullback. And that's that's crazy to me. Sonia, what's up, Sonia? So glad to see you. She says, will they use Juice even more now that Shanahan said um, he would like to lighten the CMC load? You know, if you look at Kyle checks usage as far as just touches goes, people are always shocked at how few times and few touches he gets the ball. Um, you know, if you just look at his rushing attempts, He's 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 only gone double digit rush attempts once in his entire career. One time. That was 2020. I'm sorry, that was 2019. That was it. Um uh, no, I was right. It's 2020. Sorry about that. Like he doesn't run the ball that much. He had seven rush attempts last year. Now, where Kyle Yuschek does do a big dit big deal of damage is in the receiving game. Last year, 23 targets. The year before, 38. 2020, 29. Um, 2019, 24. His first two years with the 49ers, he was used the most. 42 targets, 41 targets. And so I think we have the sample size now where he's going to get around 30 targets. He's going to get about seven carries. That's it. However, he is used most whenever he's in the freaking goal line. And I think that's what's so big. It's because he's got all these touchdowns. You know, last year wasn't one of his best years. He only had two touchdowns, one receiving, one um, rushing. But, man, you're talking about a guy that, you know, almost had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I think he did have two touchdowns. Oh, he got tackled on the one. Um, and so I, the way in which he's going to be used is huge. It really, really is. And I'm super excited about that. What's up, Matthew? How you doing, man? Uh, glad to see you here. He says, we touched down in pit Friday afternoon. Going to be lit. Can't wait. Yeah, I get a Friday night. Uh, going to get my rental car, drop my stuff off, and I'm going to try to head over to the uh, local um, East Coast 49ers uh, parties, the, the Niner Empire parties and all that stuff. Still trying to get some of those details. I know they're going to be over at the um, – what's it called? Over at the – a bowling, I think there's like a bowling party area that they're going to be in. Once I get those details, I'm going to share that. And if, again, if you're somebody that knows what's happening with that, just email me 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com. I've been busy trying to plan this party, but I want to make sure that I can put as much information out to get people together. And the chapters, they do great work. They really, really do bring in people together. And I want to support that as much as possible. Bobo, what's up, man? 
He says, I believe Bosa will ask for a trade any day now. I don't think that's coming. I, I don't think – I think that Bosa really likes where he's at. I think him and Chris Kucerich are birds of a feather. Um, I think that he really likes Kyle Shanahan. The Niners really like him. They're working on things. So um, it's it's bad, but, like, why would you trade Bosa now if your Super Bowl window's open? What good is that going to do? That makes uh, – you know what I mean? Like – if we piece out and we parse out what that would entail, how does that improve the 49ers right now? I don't think you're going to be able to find that situation. Um, and, you know, I've had a handful of trade scenarios sent to me, and every single time I'm just like, why would the Niners do this? I don't understand. It's just difficult. Why would you play trade the best player on your roster in his prime and still say you have a super, like you're trying to win the Super Bowl? I don't get it. I, I don't get that. Um, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, but I love that. Uh, Bobo says maybe because Bosa wants out. I think if he did, he wouldn't have asked the Niners to keep everything private. But who knows? You could be correct. Uh, I am saying if that was the case, I think that would have taken place before the draft. Like the best time to trade players is before the draft. The Niners don't enter into contract negotiations till after the draft. Why do they do that? It gives them a leverage in all these negotiations. We saw it with Kittle. We saw it with Warner. We saw it, you know, with Debo. We're seeing it now with uh, Kittle. The one time we didn't see it was DeForest Buckner. And what happened, and all this has come out, is that they talked after the Super Bowl loss, and they asked him, how much are you wanting to be paid? He said, it's going to start with the two. I mean, 20 plus. Lynch said, we can't do that. We're not going to be able to do that. We would like to have you, but if you want $20 million or more, you're going to have to find a trade partner. They did that at the Super Bowl. The trade was agreed to at the Combine before the draft. Trade was executed at the draft. So I, I that would be a delineation from their the way they handle their business. Not saying it wouldn't happen. I'm saying it, it doesn't make sense to me. Ed, appreciate you. He says, Bosa has said many times he loves Kucerich as his coach. Yeah, that, that's a big deal. Um Kucerich's awesome, and they are they are besties. Uh, they are besties. So I don't think he's going anywhere. You listen to man. Do I still have this clip loaded? I might not. I probably think I took it down. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Where Bosa was talking about whenever they got Hargrave, just how excited he was. Um, I don't have it. This is the one Bosa clip that I have preloaded that I just can't delete. So it doesn't really apply much to this conversation, but I just absolutely love it. It's like, don't talk shit about me anymore. <laughs> or or talk more shit about me because light the fire. I do miss his ridiculous tone and whatever Eeyore personality at the 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 press conferences uh excited about him uh, really really excited about it and i think he's coming back i would really like this deal to get done now today is a day off this is the third consecutive day off for all 49ers matt mayoka just put this out and so typically the way practices work within a given week is that wednesday is your first practice thursday is your hard practice friday is your light practice Saturday walkthrough in the hotel, Sunday game. So here we are Sunday. There's no practice today. Now, for the Bosa Watch people, and I think it's important to kind of go through this, if you're trying to circle a date, when's the next big date? 
You need him out on the field Wednesday. The opportunity for him to have a full snap count week is going down by the day. But not today. Today is not that day. <laughs> if he is on practice field Wednesday, it is a possibility Bosa could play a normal snap count, which is about 45 snaps, defensive snaps. If he's not out there, that number is going to start going down five snaps per day. Um, so take that for kind of what you want uh, and how you want to look at this deal. The sooner the better. Um, any day now, baby. Any day. Now, for all the other stuff for week one, I'm excited about this. We're going to have our bets up. They're already up. Uh, here we go. My bookie, baby. Time to make the week even better. Betting with mybookie.ag gives you all the entertainment that you could ever want added onto watching your 49ers play. So here's what you do. You go to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers, or you can just highlight this little QR code next to me or the link in the description of this video or podcast. And when you sign up, this is awesome. They have a 10% cash bonus. So anything that you deposit, a minimum of $45, 10% of your first deposit comes with a one-time rollover. You're not going to find better odds than that anywhere in the betting industry. So head over there, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And, you know, we loaded all of our preseason bets up on the 49ersrush.com and our Patreon channel. Uh, description of the video or, or podcast, you can find all of those. But, uh, you know, I was I was just playing around on my bookie this morning. They just loaded a new NFL category, which I think is really, really cool. You get a bet who's going to have more wins against each other. Uh, now the odds go up and down. So like 49ers and Cowboys, who's going to have more wins? You pick, you can bet that. They, they've got a couple like 49ers against the Eagles, 49ers against the Bills, 49ers against the Seahawks. Uh, there's a certain amount of teams based on their overall win totals. That's up over there, which I, th I thought was pretty cool. So uh, check that out if you want to. And again, we'll be loading our week one full bets once the props and everything get loaded. That usually goes up Friday or Saturday. I'll be loading that while I'm at the airport finishing everything. Uh, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be up over there. Now, here's another thing that I want to talk about, which I think is very, very important to the 49ers. The 49ers were able to keep every single one of their draft picks, all nine. Something I did not think that they had the opportunity to do. Now, they did it in a little bit of a sneaky way. You put Cameron Law 2 on season ending IR. We're going to open that package later. You put Daryl Luter Jr., your corner. You put him on the pup, we can open that week five or afterwards. And I'm pretty sure he's 100% healthy. That's just my take based on his workouts the very first day of camp. Uh, that's just a little roster finesse move. And a lot of that had to do with Ambry Thomas. The fact that Ambry Thomas played so well during camp in the preseason, Daryl Luter Jr. was coming in to kind of replace him. So whenever you had Ambry elevate his game, it's like, ooh, okay, maybe we didn't have this extra roster spot. We're going to stash you over here and figure that out. Um, and, and so I think that's important. Now, you did a couple other things that are kind of weird. And here's a Kyle – or sorry, here's a John Lynch clip talking about the two players they're going to be putting on IR. Danny Gray, who's not a rookie – but the other rookie, here we go. I really like the group. Um, you know, for you guys to know, we announced the, uh, I think Kyle talked about uh, Danny Gray going to IR. Robert Beal will as well. He's coming off a uh, hamstring that he re-injured. Um, 
you know, we thought the best thing for Robert, he's a guy we really like and are excited to work for, but we got to get that thing right. And, uh, to, you know, he qualified for the uh, short term. He had to make our 53. Uh, he's a guy who showed a lot, and uh, we're thrilled about the prospect of working about him, working with him going forward. But we got to get him back so that he's ready. So we'll go through through that process. Uh, Drake Jackson has had a tremendous offseason, and, and so I think that's huge. You're able to keep all of this young, developmental guys that you targeted at key positions. And Josh, the 49ers guru, would tell you. Robert Bill Jr. will play an active role at some point during the season. It's just, you know, whenever you go on IR now or the pup, you have to miss a minimum of four games. And so he's not being rushed out there. He's had problems with hamstrings and all this other stuff. You're just setting the tone for depth throughout the season. And I think that's really, really important because you kept all those guys. And that's important at some point, injuries are going to happen. The 49ers are relatively healthy right now. The number one injury I'm concerned about week one is George Kittle. Uh, curious to see what happens Wednesday. I think that's going to be huge if he is out there practicing. Who's not out there practicing Wednesday? So that Wednesday practice report is the most important. And then you've got the Friday injury report is the second most important as far as just who's going to be playing week one and all those things. So I, I think those are kind of your key things to pay attention to. Now... With those players that are injured, in comes the practice squad, which I probably value way more than most, I don't know what you call me, content curator, curate, whatever, it doesn't matter. The 49ers use the practice squad all, all damn year, and they're going to be using it week one. One or two guys will get called up from the practice squad week one and will get active reps in week one's game. Now, the official move to bring in the backup kicker hasn't happened yet. They've already kind of agreed to terms, and they're just waiting for it to process whatever else. Uh, that would probably be announced Tuesday officially. But here's Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, just talking about the importance of the practice squad for the 49ers and what this means. And historically, they have used it better than any other team. Oh, yes. I mean, I think practice squads are one of the most important things in NFL building. I mean, it's I – mean, thank God we have 16 now instead of 10. That used to make it so much harder, but um, – that's how you develop guys, and that's usually your third string. Um, you got guys who are your one injury away, and they're not on your practice squad anymore. Uh, it's really hard to just pull someone in off the street who's not on someone else's team to bring them in and get them ready on just a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice to play on Sunday. Um, so you need guys that you're working with, guys you're developing, and um, especially once they've allowed us to put vets on the practice squad, uh, that allows certain receivers, DBs, pass rushers, everyone to where they're just one injury away, and they're going to be a big part of our team come week one. And so, like, again, just I'm going to run through just the names currently on the practice squad. T.Y. McGill, Marlon Davidson, Jack Coletto, Curtis Robinson, Leroy Watson, Quantrez Knight, Trey Swelling, Shamar Jean Charles. He's the one new addition cornerback. Uh, he was a fifth rounder from the Packers a few years ago. Corey Luciano, Alex Barrett, Chris Conley, Troy Fumagalli, Brian Hill, Tay Martin, Willie Sneed, Isaiah Watson, and then our international exemption, um, Alfredo Gutierrez. So once we bring the kicker on, one of those players will be released and probably brought back a week later. I do expect Jake Moody to be the kicker. Um, definitely. Oh, what's up, Big Papa? Good to see you, brother. Uh, I got your message on Patreon. I just haven't got back to you. I've been a little busy with the fam stuff. I'm actually doing taxes 
the last four days, which is a kick in the shorts. Uh, yeah, I always file an extension to do taxes the week before the season starts, and it's it's kicking my rear end. Anyway, I want to get back to you on that. Maybe Oliver is just more of a game day player. Maybe wishful thinking, maybe overly optimistic, but I hope so. I don't know if he's going to get that chance, uh, Big Papa, to be honest with you. I don't think he starts. I don't even – he might get in some playing time, but special teams maybe. I don't know. I I would not be sure. I would put the over-under of Isaiah Oliver's snaps to be seven. And I'm talking defensive snaps, not special teams, seven. I would prefer to have Ambry Thomas out there in a nickel situation, move Demo inside, than have Isaiah Oliver come out. Like, he was that bad. Like he was that. I would rather them promote Quantrez Knight and him start there. I don't want Oliver playing. He has not earned that. Maybe it's going to take him time. And like you said, maybe he is a gamer. We'll see. Uh, we'll have to see what that is. Now, uh, let's jump to some of the starred comments and questions that we've kind of been waiting that might not have been filled in certain topics that I missed. Let's do some of these. So, oh my gosh, I want to say this name, but I'm going to mess it up. Abba Bamarcellus. I'm sure I just terrified, butchered that one. I see Clayton laughing. I love your name. He says, I like Steve Wilkes for real, for real. He actually blitzes. Yes. Yes, and you better believe with the young quarterback week one, both teams, you are talking about two, not necessarily five-man pressure blitzes because the Steelers are notorious for this as well. The fire zone, they kind of make it famous in their 3-4 off front you know, formation defensively. And so what that means is you're still just bringing four, but you're finding all of these <clears throat> excuse me, crazy ways to just bring four. So you're bringing a linebacker and dropping a defensive end. You're bringing two linebackers and dropping a defensive tackle in the curl zone, things like that. Um, early in the season, you always try to confuse quarterbacks, but not if you're playing against somebody like Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins or whatever, these experienced vets. Neither team is doing that. Both teams' defenses are the kind of backbone on which these teams have been built. The cultures have been built going against second-year quarterbacks. Neither one of them started all the games last year. It's going to be a lot of blitzes. And so, again, back to my Talanohu Funga, guys. Most I'm, I'm most excited about. It's going to showcase. It's going to showcase. And so it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And Steve Wilkes will be a lot less predictable than the two DCs we've had in the past. Not that they're bad DCs. They're not. Good Lord. They're both head coaches now. Tomiko Ryans and Robert Sala. Wilkes is a lot more, we're coming to get you. Um, that's just what it's going to be. Uh, very, very good question. All right, next up, Bro Montana. Chapman, do you think offense and defense can land um, both in the top seven? Yes, I do. We did it last year. We had the number one overall defense with points and yards. First in both categories happened two times in the past decade in the NFL. And our offense finished sixth in points and fifth in yards. I fully expect the offense to tick up as long as Purdy stays healthy and the defense to kind of back down just a little bit. Uh, but I, I fully expect both to be top five. So I'll take your kind of, you know, your question. I'm going to say a little bit more. I, I think top five is kind of where they both belong. Um, and again, back to this, this sentiment of things to be excited about. The Niners has 
the best, if not one of the best rosters in the NFL, period. You take Bosa, let's say hypothetically he's not signed by week one. We still have a top five roster in the NFL. With Bosa, top one or two. Like, that's how good this team is. And so, like, where are you trying to find the weakness? And you can look across the NFL. There is not a complete team anywhere. Like, you look at the Steelers, and I keep talking about their defense. Their linebackers are bad. Bad. And Kyle Shanahan is at his best against bad linebackers. He ruins careers at the linebacker position. Like, he, he guys don't get to play anymore in the NFL after they play Kyle because he exposes them in certain ways. So, Steelers defense, great. And I expect them to play very, very well. And I think the offense will make some mistakes and, you know, whatever else. But good Lord, you try to find other teams like weaknesses and positions. And then you look at the Niners and it's like, oh, wait a second. Maybe that position's not that bad. Do we have an all star lineup at every position? No. But you start comparing teams. And what they got at different spots versus the Niners. Niners walk away nine times out of ten saying, yeah, I like our depth. I like our 11 way better than their 11. It's pretty hard to find. And even if you do find a team where it's like, okay, their offensive 11 is better than ours, then you look at their defense and you're like, no, maybe not. It, like, It's just difficult to find. Depth in the NFL is hard to establish because of the salary cap. That's why it's there. The Niners have done a freaking top five job. There's no doubt about that. Um, now, before we get to a couple more questions, uh, my producer is telling me I got to work this in, and I'm super excited. Our new platform is live, guys. Maybe if I push the button right. I am so excited to announce our new platform launched, the49ersrush.com. We've been active on Patreon for years, and we're still going to keep that community going. But the49ersrush.com has everything Patreon offers and a bunch more. You want to watch player breakdowns? Guess what? You click that. It's filtered based on players. You want to see Javon Hargrave, what he brings, some CMC tape broken down, IU, Jair Brown. We've got hundreds and hundreds of tapes. on. Now, you want football 101. You want to learn scheme. Guess what? We've got every single offensive, defensive, special team snap. Head over to the 49ersrush.com, sign up, join the community, and plus we got a seven-day free trial. So. All right. Let's do this. Let's get to some more stuff, some more questions, comments, because we got a lot of stuff. You guys, I got to say, hat tip to you guys, because y'all keep bringing all of these awesome comments and stuff that kind of help out with the show, and I just love it because you guys are so passionate about everything. Steven says, Niners are going to need to draft a, le a left tackle next year. This is probably going to be Trent Williams last year, whether it's cap reasons or retirement. It's getting closer. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong, Steven. Um, I think there's two kind of hallmarks or staples to this team, Kyle Juszczyk and Trent Williams. I hope they play longer. And I think in both situations, if they want to play, they will play. I don't think the Niners will push either one out. I just don't see that taking place. Um, and the contracts are kind of built in to where the player gets to decide a little bit. Um, we'll see. But, yes, I'm with you. Left tackle is a concern. The depth – Man, after that first preseason game, it left a bad taste in your mouth because it was just bad everywhere. You know, offensive line played poorly. But second preseason game, better. Third preseason game, pretty damn good. And so they like Jalen Moore at the left tackle spot to back up this year. It's all right. 
And then they like Matt Pryor to be the backup on the right side. It's going to be, I'm going curious to see how they're going to finagle all of these spots. My assumption is there'll be eight active offensive linemen. They'll call one up for nine. And I think they're going to keep both guards active. Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore. John Valenciano will be the backup. And then they'll probably pull somebody up. I don't think Nick Zakel has an opportunity. I think he's still going to be a healthy scratch. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how that works because now I'm looking at, I don't know if they'll do that. You know, who do you pull up? Do you pull up Corey Luciano? Keith Ishmael would have been the guy I would have kept up. He got claimed. Uh, we waved him. He got claimed. Uh, Il Manny would have been the next guy. He got claimed. So curious to see how they're going to do this. Maybe Zakel will be active, um, as that, that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. That's going to be fun to watch. That's going to be fun to watch. All right, let's get to the next one. Uh, P.O. Once again, their late round um, and undrafted free agent picks seem to contribute more than the early round choices. What's up with that? Yeah, um, there's no doubt that's the truth. <laughs> um, which, there's two ways you could look at this. You could say that they're bad at drafting earlier or they're amazing drafting late. But the overall, you know, kind of thing that happens is they're really good at drafting. You put everything together, this roster is top-notch for a reason. No doubt about that. I think that Kyle Shanahan kind of gets a say early. And that has been somewhat problematic, but you don't get Debo. You don't get Ayuk without that. I mean, that's just the facts. But you also get Joe Williams. You also get Dante Pettis. You also get those guys. And so... The draft is a crapshoot, but overall, you compare the Niners' draft to other teams since Shanahan and Lynch showed up, I'm taking the Niners 10 out of 10 times. There's not another team I'm taking over us. I mean, you've got linebackers at every single damn level of your offense and defense that you have drafted, that you have drafted. So we'll see. If Brock Purdy can pan out, then you cook it with some grease, baby. You cook it with some grease. Uh, um, yeah, one more. I want to get to a couple more questions before we bounce. Sin says, focus with all the adversity this team has faced this off this offseason. Wouldn't it be funny as hell if they won number six this year? I say this. You go back to, you know, we did the 1994 watch parties all summer, which was awesome. Sin showed up for a few of those. A lot of people showed up for a few of those. Um, I remember people back in 1994 that were wanting George Seifert fired heading into that season. You got to be kidding me. That wanted Steve Young out of there. I had somebody try to tell me today that if Steve Bono was quarterback instead of Steve Young, we would have won two Super Bowls instead of one. Hot takes will always be out there. Adversity will always be out there. But yeah, I, this team is so damn good. This coaching staff is so damn good. This culture is so damn good. Now, are there issues? Yes, every single team does. Do I have a little bit less faith? In Kyle Shanahan than I did two months ago? Yeah, guilty as charged. Do I still think he's a top five coach? Yep. Do I still want Kyle Shanahan to coach us for 10 plus years? Yep. And I think that this team is as good, if not better, than any other team they're going to face. Period. Period. Do we have the superstar quarterback? Maybe we do. I don't think we know yet. But I'm excited for it. And I'm excited for this year. And, you know, that was the whole show. Things to be excited about. We got a game in seven days, people. 
Whew. That is great news. And winning covers everything. You go out there and get an early win. All the other stuff kind of goes away. You go out there and get an early loss. Ah, now you're feeding those coyotes out there, those buzzards. Um, and so, yeah, you got to kind of bring that in. So go take care of business. I'm excited about this week. We've got a lot of content, practice reports, injury reports, bets of the week, scouting reports. Man, it's going to be fun. And I'm so excited. And I appreciate you guys, all the positivity. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, all the show's producers. You guys are the absolute best. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.